Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are here, not for the Primetime Podcast, we did that earlier this week, this is now Tuesday, that this is coming out. We're here for the Onside Kick, and you might be asking yourself, Ricky, where is Mark Weber? The Mark Weber, where is my dub them ease for this week? Yeah, Mark last week said, oh yeah, I forgot, I can't do the podcast. So, I was like, hey, Brandon... You want to talk some football with me? And, of course, Brandon always wants to talk NFL. So that's why Brandon's here for the Onside Kick, where we talk about all the latest news and analysis here in the NFL. If you're on YouTube, hello. It is great to see your wonderful face. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, if you're on iTunes, if you're on Stitcher, if you're on Spreaker, or if you're listening to us on your Alexa right now, thank you, yourself and Alexa, for listening to us today or watching us today. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into our topics. Number one, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. You want to support the channel more so than liking, subscribing, watching, sharing. Go check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. One dollar, you get an exclusive Patreon audio. Two dollars, you get that video. And you can donate as much as ten dollars to be on a podcast with us talking about whatever you want to talk about in the topic or in the theme for that podcast, that is down below in the description. Then also, if you're on iTunes, you have iTunes, you don't have iTunes, go ahead, make an account, go to iTunes, give us that five-star rating, give us a five-star review, Onside Kick, Primetime Podcast, Fast Break, Rick and Johnny, make sure you do that today. It would be much appreciated. But Brandon, we got a jam-packed show here on the Onside Kick, and we diving into a topic I always love to talk about because... You're a Bears fan, Mark's a Bears fan, Sean's a Bears fan, Dave's a Bears fan. Really, I'm the only non-Bear fan here at MVP. We're going to look at John Fox, and after the loss to the Packers, should he be fired as the Bears head coach? Not a topic that we are strangers of, as we have had this discussion before with Mark and I. Then we're going to look at the Cowboys following their loss to the Falcons. Can they survive without Ezekiel Elliott? look at the Broncos and their quarterback situation when it comes to the NFL draft, and then make our picks for Week 11. But diving into the Bears, Bears this week, Brandon, they lose 23-16 to the Aaron Rodgerless Green Bay Packers. And I will ask you this, should John Fox be fired, or should he come back next year for his last season of his contract, last year of his contract? You don't know what to say, do you? No, I do know what to say, but I think I know what people are going to say when I say it. Is yeah, I, I think he I think he should come back. Okay. I think he should come back. And here's here's the reason why. Is that look at what the Bears have done this season. And I know a lot of people are gonna say, I'm looking, I don't see anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're three and six, but they shouldn't be three and six. 
We can honestly do what I'm sure we you guys have done on this show multiple times with the Bears and said, look mm-hmm. at the Falcons game. A game they should have won. won. No getting no getting around that. They should have won that mm-hmm. game. So there's a win. The Buccaneers game, you lost it. Yeah. You played like crap. You lost. The Steelers, they played well. They played good. Mm-hmm. Steelers also they, played bad in that one. Yeah, but you know what? They got the Bears got the win. Packers, you lost that one. Mm-hmm. Vikings, you could have won that game. You could have won that game. I know the Vikings, they're they're your team, but the Bears could have that won one, though, that game. The thing that lost the Bears that one was that was if Trubisky was not starting his first NFL game there, could have won it. But he made a rookie mistake. That's why you lose. Ravens, you win that one. Mm-hmm. Panthers, you win that one. You have no offense, mm-hmm. and you win that one based on a very, very good defense that you have this year. So you win that one. Game on the road with the Saints, you should have won that game. Mm-hmm. That that play with Zach Miller, that, should that should have been a touchdown. That should have been a touchdown. I'm not saying that that but is— But he didn't complete that, the process of the catch. Oh, I wonder why his leg was broken. I, <laughs> I, uh, I understand that— one play doesn't do it. I get that, mm-hmm. but that's that's six, and then hopefully seven points right there. You're you're right there in that game against mm-hmm. the Saints in this game against the Packers this past weekend. A game you should have won. There's no Aaron Rodgers. There's no excuse why you shouldn't win that game, especially with the defense that you had. And finally, mm-hmm. finally we saw the playbook open up for Mitch Trubisky, which was great to see. But then of course you can't win the game. So, I don't, I don't see. There's, I don't look at this and go, oh gosh, you know, the Bears have lost every single game, you know, by so many points. And people will say that John Fox should not have challenged that that play yesterday. That challenge ended up hurting him. The challenge did end up hurting him. Mm-hmm. But you know, you don't think that that's going to be the case. You think you challenge, think you, thinking you're going to win. I just don't, don't. See a a, a clear cut, full out reason to fire him right now at this point. I I I just don't. I and and maybe it's because I've started to get so lackluster with this mm-hmm. team because that's what they've been so lackluster. And then people would say, well, if you're saying that they're lackluster, maybe they need something to change. But maybe that's not the coach. Maybe that's the maybe that's the players that you have on the field. Mm-hmm. This defense has looked like one of the better defenses we've seen under John Fox, if not the best year of defense under John Fox. Mm-hmm. The offense has two players on it. It has Mitch Trubisky, who's hopefully the future, and it has Jordan Howard. Those are the two guys I see as being really good staples for this Bears offense. After that... You need pieces around you. We've talked about this with the Browns. You can't just have a rookie quarterback there and expect him to be good with nothing. You need pieces around you. The Bears need to be able to do that. They need to do it through free agency. They need to do it through the draft. They need to get pieces around them. I don't necessarily think that getting rid of John Fox right now is going to be the answer. I just don't see it. I think it's changing what's going on on the field in terms of the players you have. And the thing that's most interesting about this is the Bears don't have a situation where, and before I get into my part, you are also in agreement with, I believe it was a week ago, um, Waddle, why not Waddle, Sylvie from the Waddle and Sylvie show, 
He was on the same thing. Doesn't understand why people have Fox fatigue. Don't understand why people want him fired. He thinks that he should stay for the final contract. Now, I wonder, because I haven't been able to listen to ESPN 1000, if he thinks differently after the Packer game. But the thing that I think of, and I am in the camp of get rid of John Fox. Get rid of him. Because there's part of me that feels like, one, how many times can you give a coach excuses? For 2015, people are going to say, well, you know, if Jay Cutler wasn't injured as much as he was that year, would have been a good year. We still were 6-10, and 10, but if he didn't have Jay injuries, then we would have been better. All right. 2016, well, if the defense wasn't as knocked up as they are, then we would have won a couple more games. Now it's, well, if the wide receivers weren't it, when's it going to stop? When is the excuse for in- every single football season you're going to have injuries. You have to overcome these injuries. And I know Bears fans are going to be, well, it's easy for you to say, Viking fan, your team is 7-2 and two right now, and you're going to be a playoff team But you're overcoming year. injuries. I mean, you're we overcoming, are overcoming in, Teddy you're, Bridgewater. You're, 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 <laughs> no. You're Which over, is a huge injury. Dalvin Cook. Yep. Dalvin Cook. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I would look at Dalvin Cook being the bigger thing than Teddy, than, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I would. The only reason I disagree is that set us back, I would say. The Teddy injury set us back. Luckily, Sam Bradford. Sure, was able but to I was going to say, look at look at Sam, look at yeah. Sam Bradford. He He's, was able to keep us good. afloat. And then also, Case Keenum surprisingly mm-hmm. has been solid. The thing that I, the thing that I think of, and this is why I think John Fox should be gone. Look at just this year. What's the one thing when the Bears fired Lovey? What was the one reason? One of the main reasons why they said they got rid of him. Who couldn't he beat? He couldn't beat the Green Bay couldn't Packers. Couldn't beat the Green Bay Packers. This game set up perfectly for John Fox. You don't have Aaron Rodgers. The Packers have lost three straight and two without Aaron Rodgers. They have not won since Aaron Rodgers went down with his injury. You're playing at home. You've got your rookie quarterback that's looking good. You've got your run game. I know the wide receivers is a crapshoot this year, but you've got everything. The Bears were even favorites in this game. And they lost. And I think back to the Lovey. Well, Lovey couldn't beat the Packers, but Lovey was going up against Aaron Rodgers. John Fox couldn't even beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. And the thing that really stuck out to me in this game is when I turned it on in the fourth quarter, Fox showed a stat where the Bears in the second half, all throughout the third quarter, zero yards of offense. What's going on? And I mean... Some would say, well, let's get rid of Dow Loggins. Let's keep John Fox. I'd be all for that. Like, get rid of I don't think Dow Loggins should be your offensive coordinator. He's only there because Adam Gase was like, bye, guys. I'm going to Miami. Otherwise, Adam Gase would still be your offensive coordinator. The reason why I think the Bears should move on from John Fox is because Pace and him came in together in 2015. And if Pace wants to keep his job a little longer— because he's had some questionable, questionable draft picks, and people aren't completely sold with Ryan Pace. There's a few people that are in the camp to move him. If you're Ryan Pace, move John Fox, get a new guy in. 
before it becomes both of you are gone. Well, let me ask the question. Who's the new guy? I mean, who's out there that you're going to go and you're going to look at and you're going to say, wow, this guy is so much better and, or who could potentially be out there that you're lo- looking at and going, These, this guy is going to be so much better than John Fox. John Fox seems like, to me, one of the first guys that the Bears actually, and I don't mm-hmm. want to say make a splash or made a splash, but he was one of the first guys that I looked at and I go, man, if we could have John Fox, the stuff that he's that he was able to do in Carolina when he was there, the stuff that he was able to do in Denver when he was there, I really felt that if we could get him, he could help to turn this Bears team certainly in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Not go and win a Super Bowl right away. That that would be crazy, and the team we have right now is nowhere near a Super Bowl. But to turn them around, move in a different direction than where we were headed, which mm-hmm. was in a kind of, again, lackluster kind of just mediocrity type of deal. And I think he's trying to get there. But at the same time, there are things and, and obstacles to overcome. When you when you had all those injuries, we had some solid... I'm not trying to say the excuse here. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, you do have to overcome, and it's a next man up type of deal. But we, there were a, a tremendous amount of injuries on the Bears' defense last season. But we're seeing how good this defense is this year. We've seen a Mm -hmm. number of games and how well they've played. The New Orleans Saints scored over 40 points against Buffalo this past weekend. The Bears held the Saints to 20 points. This is a very, very good New Orleans Saints team. You held them to 20 points. You're only able to score 12, but you could have scored more. There's, there's so many good things about this Bears team, but there's still so many question marks, so many pieces that you need to be able to be good. And I feel like John Fox is the right guy right now to do that. So I'll go back to my question. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get rid of him, who are you bringing in that's going to be exponentially better? Because that's what Bears fans want. They want to change, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they want someone who's going to come in and be exponentially better than what we have right now. So who would that be? I've got three names for you. All and right. these three names, these are guys who are coordinators right now. Well, I got three, kind of a fourth that's a little bit different than the other three. These three all have one thing in common. They all specify in the one thing that the Bears have been known for when they were great. And that is defense. The first one, first guy I would go after, thought he should have been a head coach last year, Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator for the Patriots. Some people might say, Ricky, Patriots defense isn't that good this year. Not because of Matt Patricia. And the one thing I like about Patricia has been in that Bill Belichick mold, can hopefully bring some of that culture over and start a culture with the Bears. Because like that's the, something. Uh, the the uh, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. Exactly. Another one, Terrell Austin. He should have had a job last year. He's a guy that's doing good things in Detroit. Remember that Detroit defense that we used to say was like Swiss cheese? Yeah. Now they're putting Darius Slay Jr. on everybody, on every number one wide receiver. He's a guy I would go after. Also had success under John Harbaugh in Baltimore. And then I'd also look at Mike Vrabel, who's Vrabel, who's in Houston, because I'd like what he's doing down there with that Houston defense. The guy that's on the outside that I think will get a job, however I'm kind of iffy about if I would go after him, offensive side of the ball, something that the Bears are struggling with, Jim Bob Cooter from the Detroit Lions. 
However, he's on the outside because I think the Bears, yes, right now your offense is struggling, but I think what they should do, get rid of Fox, get rid of Dow Loggins, keep Vic Fangio, bring in a defensive coach, and find a better offensive coordinator. If you're going to keep John Fox, that's fine too, but you got it. I think Dow Loggins is for sure. You got to go. We need a new offensive coordinator at the least. Now, why do you? My question to you is: If you think and you believe that Vic Fangio is doing a good mm-hmm. job right now with the defense, why do you think that you would need to bring in another defensive-minded head coach when really, truly, what the Bears need right now defense defense right now mm-hmm. is not the area of concern or of most concern, not in 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 my opinion. The area of most concern is offensively because. We don't have the pieces. We just don't have the pieces. I mean, we don't have, we don't even have one big name that you could say at receiver. I can't name outside of maybe two Bears wide receivers. Well, yeah, right now. because the big name that you had has been injured since he was drafted in Kevin White, and Alshon Jeffrey got signed by the Eagles. I'm not saying that you have to go defense for a head coach. That's just where I would lean because if I'm the Bears, I know you know your identity. You know your identity. When the Bears were in the Super Bowl back in 2007, and when they were in the Super Bowl in the 85 season, everyone was talking about those defenses. Bear teams, maybe it's just the kind of the attitude of the city as well. It's kind of like I I think back to listening to Colin Cowherd this week. Teams take on the personality of their culture. The Lakers, whenever they've had a great team, showtime. Nice and flashy. The Patriots, the Celtics, hardworking teams, do the right thing. Don't go out and drink too late at night. Just do your job, win games. That's what the Patriots have done. With the Bears, with Chicago, hardworking folks want to put in the work, that little bit of grind, that grit. That's what those defenses have been on successful Bear teams. That's why I would lean defensive coordinator, but even a guy I'll throw out for the offense and He's a guy that I know I'd be shaky on. I know Mark has made mention to him last year. Josh McDaniels. I know he wasn't the best with the Broncos, but he's a guy that might deserve a second chance and another crack at the head coach. I don't think Josh McDaniels wants to go for a second chance. That's another I think, thing. I think Do they want he's, to? He's become so successful again mm-hmm. back with the New England Patriots. I think it's one of those things where he tried the whole head coaching thing. It's like, Eh, maybe I'm not the best at this head coaching thing, mm-hmm. but I'm damn good at being a coordinator. I think that that's where Josh McDaniels is going to end up being and staying um, probably for the rest of his time in the NFL. I guess I just I, I look at it and I think Fox has one more year on his contract. Mm-hmm. At this point, see what else we can we can do this year. So we've got the Bears. They've got the Lions twice. They've got the Eagles. They've got the Vikings again. The 49ers, Bengals, and Browns left on the schedule. Maybe they win one of those games against the Lions. Mm -hmm. Maybe. They lose to the Eagles. Maybe they could beat the 49ers. 49ers, much better team than their their contract, than their Mm -hmm. record shows. And we don't even know if Jimmy will be starting that game or if Jimmy's going to start at all this season. Exactly. Well, I think they're saying that he's going to start in Week 12. Okay. uh, Or by Week 12. I think Mm -hmm. that's what Jay Glazer was reporting this past weekend, the Eagles, you lose. 
Mm-hmm. The the 49ers, again, like I said, you've, 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 you've got an opportunity there. Um, Bengals, I think you could beat the Bengals. I think you could beat the Bengals. They're not that strong. Browns, you could beat the Browns. So the Bears could potentially win four more games. Be seven. That'd be the most mm-hmm. that they've won under John Fox. You've got one more year then under on your contract. One more year. One more opportunity to try mm-hmm. and turn this thing around, get this team moving in the right direction. And then if this if that next year doesn't work, if it just doesn't happen, then you part ways, you don't renew the contract, and you go and you find somebody else. I want to ask you this because you're the Bears fan. I'm obviously not the Bears fan. You just said, okay, four wins in the last. You could see four wins that will bring you to seven. As a Bears fan, I know that players are going to go out there, coaches are going to go out there, try to win every game. But right now, as a Bears fan, you're probably at a crossroads, and you could be one watching at a crossroads. You want to cheer for your team to win, but at the same time, you're sitting there going, if we're 7-9, and nine, we're middle of the pack, what kind of a draft pick would we have? Who would be there middle of the pack if we just lose? I mean, we got the Browns coming up. The Browns beat Jacksonville this week. Then they beat us. I mean, they could be in contention. We can get a top five pick again. We can get a guy like Trubisky, maybe get that wide receiver to help us out. Holy shit, Calvin Ridley's there. We can get him. Would you want to see the team win games and finish that 7-9? and nine? Or would you as a fan go, I know it'd look bad, but let's just finish 3-13, and 13, get a top five pick. Get a guy at the top of the draft or be able to maneuver in the draft and trade the pick or trade up rookie i want to see my team do well i want to see my team do well so if if i could see them go seven and nine and they go seven and nine i'd be happy because that means we were doing something well that means that we hopefully have something to build on for next season i don't want to see a team my team go three and 13 that means you don't. You, you really don't have anything. You could say you could sit there and you could look. Well, you know, five of those games are really close. We could have won five more. We could have mm-hmm. been eight and eight. But you were three and thirteen. So if we could go seven and nine, I'd be happy with it. I'd be happy if we we could finally start to do some things in free agency. You know, maybe maybe make some trades. You mm-hmm. know, in the off season, get some guys. I, I truly, I know. There would be people who would disagree with me, but I would love to have a big name receiver. I really would. I would love to have a nice six five six six target to be able to go to. You know, the guys like the AJ Greens, the DeAndre Hopkins, guys like that. They 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 do a lot for a team. Mm-hmm. I understand that if that's all you've got, you know, their teams are going to try and double team and take them away. But still, at the same time, mm-hmm. you you look at the Houston Texans now. And they, they have Tom Savage throwing the football. Yeah. He's still trying to get it to DeAndre well, Hopkins 16 times a game. And you have faith that the Bears can do that. I ask that only because look at this past offseason. We didn't expect the world from Mike Glennon, but still, you didn't expect Mike Glennon to look as bad as he did this season. So what's your question? Like, Do you have faith in the Bears to go out there and get a big-name receiver or anyone in free agency No, because they've been like because of their track record here? No, I don't have faith in the Bears to be able to do that because they're dumb as Mm -hmm. shit when it comes to doing moves like that. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing, and they don't want to throw money around. They they almost never put money out there. Hardly ever do they do that. And I think that that's something where— 
You know, you know when they say you have to, um, what is it, uh, spend money to to make money. Yep. Have has anyone ever told that to the Chicago Bears? Mm-hmm. Because for the most part, they don't do that. They don't do that. They're not willing to try and make that splash in free agency. Hardly ever are they willing to do that. I was so excited when. Gosh, how many years ago was it now that they got Brandon Marshall? Mm-hmm. They got Brandon Marshall to come over. They drafted Alshon. You had truly, you had Brandon Marshall. You had Alshon Jeffrey. You had Jay Cutler. And I know there's so many people out there that you loved him or you hated him so much. But that team should have been better. Mm-hmm. Not based on not based on what they actually went out there and did on the field, but based when you have this. 6-4 guy, this 6-5 guy, and this quarterback who's competent enough to play quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. play for a team, and get at least eight or nine wins a season, in my mind, you should have been so much better. And the fact that they weren't, that's bad. That's bad. To, to have Jeffrey now, to have Marshall now, maybe not Marshall now, he's he's a little older, but when he was at that, when he was at that point, and Jeffrey at that point, Primes, the Bears really threw away some opportunities at that point. So, mm-hmm. yes, I would love to be able to see that, especially when you have a running back like Jordan Howard, who is a great, great running back, but he has been stymied this season because they haven't been throwing the football. They haven't been throwing the football effectively. And I also am very disappointed with the way that they have. I shouldn't say very disappointed. I guess I get it to a point, but I'm disappointed in this in the sense that they have not used Mitchell Trubisky in the way that mm-hmm. I think they should have. The fact that they have not, and really until this weekend, let him air the football out a little bit. You're not going to win when you go dump off underneath all the time. You're not going to do that. You barely win in the college game with that. Well, and that's why the final point I'll make before I get your final thought is I think that Ryan Pace will be forced to make a move this offseason, basically getting rid of Fox, because I think what it'll be is I don't see the Bears going 7-9, and nine, although... They do have winnable games on the schedule. I think it'll come down to a situation where Ryan Pace will sit there and go, I either get rid of you now to save my own rear end, or I try to ride this out in your fourth year, and then eventually the Bears go, well, fuck it, you're both gone, because I can't put up with this anymore. That's why I think John Fox will be moved, and that's why I think that Ryan Pace will be forced to make it. Because when you look at John Fox and his career— yeah, he did some good things with the Panthers, but those were only three years. The rest of them were either 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. And the only reason he did really well with Denver is because John L- a, John Elway put a great team together for his first year. Then his last three years, he was with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning carried him in Denver. So that, to me, is why I look at his Denver days and I go, oh, how would you be without Peyton Manning? Your final thoughts on it? Well, your, the, my final thought is this: is that I don't know if you know the the, uh, the Bears brass all too well, then, mm-hmm. because quite honestly, they're not quick at making moves. Ownership not quick at making moves. I don't think that for one second right now, Ryan Pace's job is in any trouble. I really don't. I don't think he's in any trouble at all. So I don't think he'd be worried about having to make the Fox move because he's worried about himself. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think he should be worried about himself. I I really don't. I really don't. I mean, the, the 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 ownership in Chicago, it seems like for Chicago sports in general, they have a loyalty to a fault. And they will stick with you for a long time, well overdue for many guys, until 
they end up actually having to make a move. So I don't think that I don't think that anything's going to happen after this season. I think Fox is going to go into next year as the Bears, Chicago Bears head coach. I think Ryan Pace is going to continue to be the general manager. I think we will see a new offensive coordinator. Vic Fangio will still be the defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. And the Bears are going to have to make some moves, though. Whether it's in the draft or free agency, they've got to do it. Otherwise, we're going to continue to see seasons that end uh, with the last number of 13. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. Should John Fox be fired? Should he come back for his final season? And how do you think all of this is going to play out? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But Brandon, let's move on into our next topic. We're going into another team struggled mightily in this last (laughs) game that they played in Atlanta. We got the Dallas Cowboys losing 27-7 to the Atlanta Falcons. And I know I want to say Cowboy fans coming in, we might get some comments about your title's wrong, your title's stupid. I'm naming it that because Zeke is the main profile player. I know that I know that Lee was injured. I know that you were missing your left tackle in this one, that Green was getting burned by Claiborne, and now Claiborne's in that he's in a Hall of Fame category because he had X amount of sacks in a game. I get that. The question is though, Brandon, looking forward, this is a cowboy team that's gonna have to play the Eagles. They're gonna have to play the Redskins, they're gonna have to play the Raiders without their guy in Ezekiel Elliott, I want to ask you, do you think the Cowboys can survive without Ezekiel Elliott? I think it's going to be hard because as serviceable as Alfred Morris is, he's not Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. He's just not. And, and Rod Smith either. Neither of them. That duo is not going to make up for Ezekiel Elliott. It's it's just as simple as that. Alfred Morris, I don't know if he had 10 yards total after the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he did. He had 53 total yards um to end to end the game on the ground, but that didn't do anything. That didn't do anything. That that, mm-hmm. that didn't help you. And I know people will also say, "Well, hey, you know part of it's on Dak Prescott." Well, a big part yesterday we saw the worst offensive line play from the Dallas Cowboys in a very long time. Why was DeMarco Murray good there? Because of the offensive line play. Mm-hmm. Why was Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott good there last year? Offensive line play. Why was Zeke good this year while he was playing? Mm-hmm. Offensive line play. Right now, their offensive line, if, if they continue like this, I don't expect them to give up another six sacks to one guy in one game. Mm-hmm. But Adrian Claiborne, yes, was a was a definite threat. We knew that. We mm-hmm. saw that. But you could see every time that Dak was dropping back, he was having pressure left and right. Mm-hmm. The reason why he was so successful last year is because he was able to hang in the pocket for as long as he wanted to. And when he wanted to take off and run, he could. The offensive line was really, really good last year for him. But honestly, they have not been as great this year. They were certainly not that good this past week. And not having Ezekiel Elliott as that extra threat in the backfield, again, Alfred Morris and Rod Smith Mm -hmm. just do not strike fear into the hearts 
of opposing defenses. They just don't. I'm not putting the blame on Alfred Morris. The only reason why is it's hard to do anything when you only run the ball 15 times. Alfred Morris, Rod Smith, and Run DMC only had a total of 15 carries. You're not going to win when you only run the ball 15 times. And I know that Cowboy fans are going to say, but guys, if we had Tyron Smith instead of Green, Claiborne wouldn't have had so many blindsided, um, the blind side of the quarterback sacks on Dak Prescott. And of course, the offensive line play was huge. However, I think if Zeke is in there, Green doesn't have as much trouble at Claiborne because Claiborne, what it was, was it was a kind of combination of two things with a third thing added in. The losing of Tyron Smith and not running the ball. Because first off, you don't have Tyron Smith in there. That means Claiborne can just beat Green off the edge every single time. Can just beat him off the edge. Just beat him, beat him, beat him. Then when you only run the ball 15 times and you're not committing to the run game, Claiborne can say, all right, I'm not going to respect it. I'm going to pin my ears back and I'm going to go after Dak Prescott. Prove me wrong. The third thing added in, and all the all the the um, blame in the world goes on this one man, Jason Garrett. Why wasn't one change made? One change. Dak Prescott was sacked two times. I would have been like, all right, we got to do something. We got to do something. Two's enough. What do we do to stop this guy? But nothing was changed. Three, four, five. Six, are you going to make a change? You going to make an adjustment? That's who I put all of this on. And the thing that I saw from the Cowboys, and this is into the greater question of can they survive without Zeke, I'm saying no. Because what I see from Jason Garrett and the Cowboys without Zeke Elliott is we don't trust our run game. If Zeke was in this game, I don't care if Tyron Smith is not in there at left tackle. They're running Zeke to the right. They're going to run Zeke up the middle. They're going to run Zeke to the left. They're not going to worry about the offensive line because Zeke is that like He puts a lot of confidence in Jason Garrett. But without Zeke out there, Jason Garrett doesn't have that confidence in the run game, which then if a guy like Green gets burned and you're not going to help him, you're going to leave him on that island, then that run game's not going to help and you're just going to put Dak Prescott in more and more trouble getting hit after hit after hit. And, I mean, I look at the remaining schedule. If you don't make adjustments, it's the same thing. Even with Tyron Smith, you'll lose to the Eagles. I could see the Redskins beating you. I could see the Raiders beating you. You're done. Playoffs are over. You're not winning the division. you got to beat the Eagles twice, I would say, to for sure lock in a fight for the division. And Zeke's going to miss the first one. So, I mean... Unless you change things and say, you know what, Zeke's not here, but we're still going to run the ball. We're going to commit to the run game, even though it's Alfred Morris. If you don't do that, then there's no way you're beating the Eagles or I would say either the Raiders or the Redskins. Yeah, it was a tough day all around for the Dallas Cowboys. The Falcons did have a great game defensively, mm-hmm. though. They got a couple of fumbles, and forced a couple of fumbles, got a couple of fumble recoveries as well. They only allow the seven points. One of my questions is, where was Des Bryant? Where was Des Bryant in this game? He only had four catches for 39 yards. You know, Des has not had a great season. Well, and Des hasn't had a great—this is the thing about Dak Prescott. 
is Dak is one of those guys where he's not going to lie. Like, he doesn't care that Dez is the number one wide receiver. He's not going to lock it on Dez the whole time. Dak Prescott, and my, one of the reasons he was so good last year is survey the field. Oh, Cole Beasley, you're open. I don't care your name's Cole Beasley. Here you go. Here's the ball. Like, people in fantasy last year were like, why the hell is Cole Beasley getting the ball so much? Like, week one, they're like, why is Cole Beasley getting the ball? Throw the ball to Dez. Dak don't care. He was the poor man, poor man's uh, Julian Edelman. Yep. And I mean, Dak will throw it. And I know that Cole Beasley only had two receptions on three targets in this one. But I mean, with Des Bryant, he only got four tar- or four receptions, but he had eight targets. It's not like Dak wasn't throwing to him. So, I mean, part of me feels like I'm going to go back to that run game. You got you to gotta use the run to set up the pass. You can't just rely on Dak alone. You carried the ball 21 total times as a team. Mm-hmm. With Ezekiel Elliott, he's carrying the ball, if he's in there, at least 20 times. Yeah, That's why it's so crucial to have mm-hmm. him as part of the game plan. Mm-hmm. Because you can do so much with Ezekiel Elliott. He's a really good runner, but he's an, also a pretty good pass catcher. So not having him, you're losing two aspects of the game. Having him in there, you have to keep the defenses honest. Not having him in there, well, if any game going forward is anything like the game that was just played this past weekend, shows you're probably going to throw the ball a lot more. Mm-hmm. But you can't. You can't. But I'll tell you what, though, too, is Alfred Morris in the second half, he did have some pretty good runs against the Atlanta defense. First half, he was going nowhere. Mm-hmm. But they, Yet they prob- didn't they, consistently I would say go they probably him. did not give him the football enough mm-hmm. to, to, like you said, get get consistent but it was it was just overall it was just not a good game for the Dallas Cowboys they played poorly and i don't want to say again that it was completely all on Ezekiel Elliott not being there i really want to put it on on this this game this game is it in my mind this game is on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that the offensive line could not get any protection for Dak Prescott. They couldn't get any openings for, barely any openings for mm-hmm. Alfred Morris. This was an offensive line that we have not seen from the Dallas Cowboys before. We, I mean, how long have we praised and people mm-hmm. have praised the offensive line of the Cowboys? Years now. Years that they've been one of the best, if not the best offensive line in football. Mm-hmm. They were anything but yesterday. Six six sacks from one guy. Prescott was sacked a total of eight. And that's why I'm putting all the blame on Jason Garrett. Like, today, I was watching First Things First with Chris Carter and Nick Wright. Chris Carter put it perfectly. He goes, what I would have done, as soon as Claiborne got a few sacks, I would have been like, all right. This is how we're running the offense. Wide receiver here, wide receiver here. We're running two tight end sets. Because then at that point, you don't have to make Witten just the sole blocking tight end. You can run both tight ends, have Witten go out to catch, and you can use use somebody to help Green on the left-hand side to slow down Claiborne. The thing is, there were no adjustments made in this game. And to me, that's all on coaching. All on coaching. Think about the Super Bowl. Yet again, talking about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sorry, Falcon fans. But down by 20-some points, Patriots could have been like, well, 
we lost this game. No, what happened? They made adjustments. Tommy B won them the game. But they made adjustments. You're not going to win games unless you make adjustments. And now, because you lost this game and the Eagles are now three games ahead of you, this game upcoming, I'm going to say it, if you lose to the Eagles on Sunday Night Football this week, you're done. You're not winning the division. You want to know why? Eagles will be 9-1. and one. If they lose the rest of their games, they're 9-7. and seven. You will be 5-5 five and, five and five is what you'll be. So with how I look at it, Redskins, Raiders, that's at least a 9-7 and seven record. I don't see the Eagles losing seven straight games to end the regular season. So I feel like you'll get to that game where Zeke is back when you play Philly the second time, and it'll be like, great, we're not in the playoffs. They've won the division, and really we lost it while Zeke was out being suspended. Well, the other part here for the Cowboys, they found no rhythm. They had mm-hmm. no rhythm about them, no rhythm to them on Sunday. Nothing, nothing at all. They could not find any rhythm. Prescott couldn't find any rhythm. His only touchdown, the only touchdown of the game for Dallas, came on a rushing touchdown mm-hmm. by Dak Prescott, where he found a, found a nice open lane, was able to get in there. He had six carries for 42 yards on the day. But, you know, there was just nothing going in the passing game. And, 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 mm-hmm. and, and I also don't want to take something away from the Atlanta Falcons and solely say that the Dallas Cowboys, they just played a terrible game. The Atlanta Falcons came with probably one of the best defensive showings that Mm -hmm. they've had all season long, if not the best defensive defensive showing that they've had all season long. And I can say that with confidence because Atlanta has looked pretty darn bad this year. Well, and I probably was throwing some shade in Claiborne's way, saying like, oh, now he's in a category with Hall Hall of Fame rushers when he's not one, but still had the skills in that game to get the sacks and get the strip sacks. It doesn't matter. I'll tell yeah. you what. Anyone who's able to go out and in one NFL mm-hmm. game get six sacks, you're pretty good. Mm-hmm. You're pretty good. You know, you're doing something right. It, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you could be Joe Schmo. I don't really care. If you're able to do that, you're mm-hmm. going up against another grown man in the NFL. A you, grown man. You get six sacks. But he's you not did, 40. You did something right. So I think that's that's pretty darn impressive, whoever you are. But, again, going back to the topic of this, mm-hmm. not having Ezekiel Elliott, everyone knew it. Everyone mm-hmm. knew that it was going to be different. Everyone knew it was going to be an obstacle for the Cowboys to overcome. My question is, you knew this was coming, Dallas. You knew this was coming. I had no backup you, plan. You knew that this, would be, that, that this would be here. Are we giving a couple more reps in practice to Alfred Morris, knowing this is coming? Maybe they were. Maybe they were, but... This has been looming over them the entire season. Can I ask and it you? Fi- and it finally comes, and it just so happens that it's this week against the Falcons mm-hmm. in Atlanta, and you get blown out by 20. Can I ask you this? Uh, you can ask me whatever you'd like. Do you think that when the Zeke suspension is all and over and we get to— December 24th? Yeah, when we get to the Seahawks game, or even at the end of the regular season when the Cowboys aren't in the playoffs anymore— um, Are they in the playoffs now? Technically, they were. Um, it might have changed after the last game. However, do you think Cowboy fans, do you think NFL fans, do you think we will all be looking back going, Zeke should have just taken the six-game six suspension right off the bat? Should have Giants, Broncos, Cardinals, Rams, Packers, 49ers should have just taken it. Was it one, two, three, four, five? Yeah, should have just taken those six games Team went 3-3 three and three anyways, probably could have done that without you because you lost to the Packers, 
Lost to the Rams, lost to the Broncos. Giants were nothing this year. This is looking in hindsight, obviously, but do you think we will look back in hindsight and saying, dude, you should have just taken the suspension to start the year. Your team probably could have been 3-3 three and three and then made the playoffs because they would have had you for the more important games down the stretch. I don't think the I don't think that Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys would look at it like that because I think Ezekiel Elliott... But will when, we? Will the fans look at it that way is what I'm saying. They shouldn't. They sh- they they shouldn't because either way you're losing him for six games. Mm-hmm. You're losing him for six games, and who who's who's saying that you would have played super well in those in those first six games? I mean, who's who's to say that you wouldn't have gone zero and six? They wouldn't have gone zero and six. Well, I mean, but... the Giants are the Giants this year, so they would have won one. <laughs> but we didn't know that. We didn't know. I that. did kiss kiss of death. Oh, you got to know it. Excuse they me. They got yes. the kiss of death. <laughs> excuse me. But but that I just I don't think. That a fan can look back and go, yeah, you should just take in suspension right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. A fan's probably saying for Dallas, fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, and then hoping that it's going to get pushed off into next year. Like I really, gate. I really think that Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys thought that they'd be able to push it off to next year. Just season. like Deflategate. I really do. I really do. But they weren't able to. And then it just became something that was looming mm-hmm. and looming and looming. And one minute of one day... At 8.59, mm-hmm. he's suspended. 9.01, nope, he can play. 9.03, he's suspended. Week. 9.05, he can play. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it was back and forth, literally like that much. There was an, an injunction here, injunction there, lifted, lifted. You know, it was, it really was craziness. And I truly think that what Ezekiel Elliott's doing right now, kind of being, what is he, out of the country now, away from the team? I have no trying idea. To, trying to, you know, kind of train and stuff on his own and, mm-hmm. And just get, I think, into a mindset of okay, you know, I'm I'm running with this. I I don't think he's he's played well, mm-hmm. but I don't think that he's played without having to think about all of that. So mm-hmm. I think it, this is almost a blessing, probably for him that this is just coming and then it'll be over. It starts and then it can be over with. And I think for him, mm-hmm. that's where it's, you for know, that's personal. That that's that's where that's at. And I think mm-hmm. he'll be obviously he'll be happy when that's over with, but then it can be a thing of the past instead of okay, what's going to happen? Is it going to happen all this stuff? So, all that I think is good now for the Cowboys, but unfortunately, they don't have him for now five more games. Well, and that's why I honestly think Cowboys you're dead in the water. You are not making the playoffs. You're going to miss out. You'll probably be Nine and seven, maybe maybe ten and six if you're at the best, but I I don't think you'll make the playoffs. I think you'll be like eight and eight, nine and seven and miss out on the playoffs. But I want to flip it on to you guys. Let us know what you guys think down below. Can the Cowboys survive this? I know Cowboy fans are gonna say, but guys, that wasn't the reason we lost. We lost because of Tyron Smith, maybe uh Jason Garrett not making adjustments, maybe Sean Lee. Getting injured in that one. I think Sean Lee's now going to be out for at least two weeks. Two weeks. I think that's what I heard. But you guys let us know what you guys think about the Cowboys down below in the comment section. But Brandon, let's move on into our last topic before we make our picks for the week. And we're going to look at a team where if you're a fan of this team and you're recurring a coming back listener, a fellow listener, I should say, of the onside kick, you and I have had a shaky relationship. And... (laughs) That's because Denver Bronco fans don't like me because uh, I tell you how it is with your team, that your quarterback situation sucks, and that's why you're really bad. That's what I've been saying for the last two years. And people have been trying to tell me Trevor Simeon was an actual quarterback. I think not. 
However, after the blowout loss that the Broncos had to the Patriots, Vance Joseph says there will be sweeping reviews, Brandon. We are going to leave no stone unturned, and we're going to evaluate all areas after the route. Well, you know what area they should look at? The quarterback. You got Brock the Cock, cock a doo by the way. You've got Trevor Simeon. You got Paxton Lynch, who apparently you drafted him to be the guy, but he can't be the guy for you. So I want to ask you this question, Brandon. Right now, the Broncos are slated as the fifth pick in the draft. This could all change. They could win games. The Bears could win games. Everything's moving right now. But if things hold up and the Broncos are a top five pick in the NFL draft, do you see the Broncos grabbing a first-round quarterback in the 2018 NFL draft? No, I don't. I don't because it, I'm, I, me saying this is, is going to be odd because mm-hmm. I thought that Brock Osweiler was so incompetent over mm-hmm. in Houston. He couldn't do anything right. Well, he doesn't look terrible here in Denver. And Denver, I think, is where he was comfortable. That's where he was before he was with Houston. Mm-hmm. He didn't look bad that time. He doesn't look bad this time. And I know that people are going, well, you're saying he didn't look bad, but you, do you think he looked good? Well, he's had some good moments. Trevor Simeon. I'm going to disagree with you. Trevor Simeon, I don't think, is a bad quarterback. and He's not the guy. That's and, all I'm saying. Not and, the guy. And then we don't know what Paxton Lynch can do. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. He's been injured. We have no clue. We have no clue. I don't think that the... I don't think that the problem is going that, that solving the problem is going to go and get another quarterback, another quarterback in the draft. I just don't think that that's what you do at this point. I am going to be on the other side of you, only because of one thing, only because of one thing, and that's because of how the draft order sits at this very moment. Like I said, things can change. Also, I got to throw out the I forgot to promote that. December 13th, I believe, so the 14th, the week of the 13th will be our first mock draft for the 2018 NFL draft here on the Onside Kick. So I want to get you guys ready for that. That's going to be our first mock draft, Mark and I. But if the draft order sits like it is now, there will be three of the five teams, well, two of the five teams in the top five won't be drafting a quarterback. Now, if Cleveland's number one and Sam Darnold comes out, I think they'd be idiots not to draft him. But Deshaun Kaiser looked good this last week, looked bet the best week that he's had. And I think the Browns like Deshaun Kaiser, although it's been rocky. The Niners, they're not taking a quarterback. They got their guy. They traded for Jimmy Garoppolo or Garoppolo, and they got their guy. Here's the thing I would think of. If I am at the fifth pick, and I know that Brock is good, but is he great? Trevor Simeon, he's not the guy. Paxton Lynch, we drafted him. He's been a disappointment after two years. Do you sit there at five, let things pass? or And this is all if Sam Darnold comes out too, because he could stay. But if Sam Darnold comes out, I'm working a deal with either the Browns or the 49ers to move ahead of the Giants to get Sam Darnold. Because even if you don't think that Sam Darnold, like, I don't want him starting year one, okay, that's fine. 
You can have him sit that first year under Brock Osweiler if you're confident in Brock Osweiler because he's not a flaming piece of garbage out there for the Broncos. I'd rather have Brock Osweiler out there than Trevor Simeon. I think that the Broncos, if Sam Darnold comes out and you're sitting there, if you're sitting there at three, you're taking him because I don't see the Browns or the Niners taking a quarterback. But if you're four or five, the Colts are interesting. I don't think they take one because technically they got Andrew Luck on the roster still, although tempers could be flaring there, especially after dumbass Jim Irsay saying that all the injuries all in Andrew Luck's head. You're a fucking idiot. Get the hell out of here. You got Andrew Luck. They got Jacoby Brissett, who they are really high on after trading the Patriots for him. The key is the Giants because I think the Giants could be a team at three that takes a quarterback, and if Sam Darnold fell to them, they'd be like, we're taking him. We're taking him, and we're either, we're either moving Eli or we're putting Darnold under Eli, and Eli's done in the next two years. That's what I think is going to happen. And if I'm the Broncos, if I have a chance at Sam Darnold, I'm going out and getting Sam Darnold. And if I have an inkling that the Giants are going to draft him, I work a deal with either the Niners or the Browns, to get that, I would probably say the Niners because you could probably use a cheaper price to get the second overall pick than the first overall pick. But that's what I do if I'm the Broncos. In this scenario where it's Browns, Niners, Giants, Colts, and Broncos, I trade that five and some other stuff, kind of like what the Bears did, to move up from five to two, which is a bigger jump, to get Sam Darnold on my team and mold him and know that. I have a future quarterback. Well, Ricky, I, you know, I've sat here. I, I listened to you go through your scenario mm-hmm. of what could happen with the draft of who the Broncos should trade for and all this stuff. And I just I just can't agree with you. OK, I can't agree with you. I, I, you're, you're you're acting as though the problem here is quarterback. Is that an, is quarterback an issue right now? I think it is. But, you know, what's the bigger issue. They have no running game in any of these games that they've lost. They have no running game. They have nothing. In the games they won against the Chargers, mm-hmm. I think C.J. Anderson had 95 yards on the ground. In the game against the Cowboys, which Trevor Simeon threw for over 200 yards, four touchdowns, just one pick, the guy who you think is a sack of garbage, mm-hmm. Anderson had 118 yards and a touchdown there. In the win against the Raiders, I think he had over 90 yards. Oh, Actually, in the win against the Chargers, I think he had 80. Win against the Raiders, he had 95 yards. And then in the Cowboys win, he had 118 yards and a touchdown. I, I just... Don't see the quarterback being the spot that needs to be fixed the most. I think right now, if they had a running game going, where if they could do that, mm-hmm. they would take more pressure off of the quarterback situation, and they could run and they could run the ball effectively. Things would be going much more smooth for these Denver Broncos. I think they would have won some of these games. I think they could have won the game against the Giants. They could have scored some points, won the game against against the Chargers. Chiefs game, I don't think so. The Chief, Chiefs really took care of that one. The Eagles game, that's defense. Patriots game, that's defense. Where's this defense that the Broncos are supposedly supposed to, you know, really r- run well, out there? Hold on. Run out there and say, hey, this is our defense. Solid defense. We don't let running backs through. We're the no-fly zone here in the secondary. Where's that been? In the special teams. A complete mess. 
Those are issues. Those are huge issues. Quarterback right now, I, you have you have three quarterbacks on your on your roster right now that that I can think of that are viable. Trevor Simeon, he's a viable quarterback. Brock Osweiler, he's showing he can do some things with Denver. Looks a lot better in Denver than he ever did in Houston. Looks a lot more comfortable in Denver than he ever did in Houston. And Paxton Lynch, again, I'll say it again, we don't know what we could get from Paxton Lynch. We don't know. We haven't seen a sample size. I just think if you can get the running game moving and rocking and rolling and C.J. Mm -hmm. Anderson can be fully healthy and Jamal Charles can get some some carries in there as well, which he's been getting a little bit, but they're just not doing anything with him. And the defense improves and the special teams improves. The Denver Broncos will be back. But I just don't think quarterback is something that I wouldn't go and I wouldn't go high and give sell tons to get Sam Darnold. I just don't think that that's the number one problem here. See, and to me... Sam Darnold is the only, like, and I'm not saying, don't get everything twisted. I'm not saying, like, you got to get a quarterback no matter who it is. There is one quarterback, one, that I trade up for, and that's Sam Darnold. If if he stays at us, if he stays at USC, almost at SEC, if he stays at USC, I'm not concerned with trading up because I just don't, like, the only quarterback in this draft that I think is that one to where he's the future day one. Can I ask you a question, though? I really like Sam Darnold. Why do you think he's the future? I think, Why do you think it would be him and only him? What if ba- what if Baker Mayfield's out there? Do you, is he then the future, too? Why Why Sam Darnold? And then why, because and, I like and then, everything and, but, he brings but to the table. But then you're also saying this, too. You, you're saying that quarterback is the biggest issue, mm-hmm. but it's only going to be an issue, and we should only... We should only address it if Sam Darnold's available. Otherwise, just keep the guys no. we've got. That's what you're saying. Well, what what did we what did I ask at the beginning? Are they going to grab a first rounder? Baker Mayfield to me, I feel like at this point, good second rounder. I think he's going to fall. I think that not as many quarterbacks as we thought are going to go in the first round. I think that the two for sure that people are going to think about are Sam Darnold. And Josh Rosen, they're going to be up there. Baker Mayfield, and this is the thing that I heard it today on ESPN on college. I think it was College Game Day or one of the college shows. They compared him to one player, and I heard it, and I was like, no, that's not who you want to be compared to. And somebody said, he's got a little bit of Johnny Manziel in him. And I went, fuck, no, that's not. I get Johnny Manziel, was, and I get their different situations, like Johnny Manziel let addiction take over his life, and that's why he's not in the NFL. But if I am Baker Mayfield, and I know Baker Mayfield's not thinking about this, I don't want to be. I don't want to be compared to him at all. Just keep him away from me. I don't want to be compared to that, and that's why I heard that, and I went, "No, you don't want that." And I just I feel like Baker Mayfield is good, but with Baker Mayfield, the one question I have. How's it going to translate over? That's always, Josh Ro- the, that's always the question. That's what jo- we never know. With Josh Rosen, I like his skills. I like what he brings to the table. However, it's like New Heisel said today on the Dan Patrick Show, the thing I look at with Josh Rosen 
is he said, you look where he comes from. Kind of like reminded me of Johnny Manziel when he was describing it, where it's like comes from a well-off family, never had to worry about money. He goes, I kind of get the vibe from Josh Rosen to where it's like, does he want to be one of the greats? Like, is it going to bug him if it's, if he's not one of the greats? And like, if I'm if I'm looking at a quarterback and I think that, gone. I don't want you. I look at Sam Darnold, liked by all his teammates, can make all the throws that I want in the NFL. Do I had? Would I win if I started him day one? Probably would win a couple games, but I wouldn't go to the Super Bowl or anything. But could I sit him behind Brock Osweiler? That's why in the fir- if we're talking just the first round, Darnold's the only one I'm thinking about. If I can't get Darnold or me and the Niners are talking and I just I can't get the deal done, then I move on. And the reason why then is I'm glad you brought up the run game. That's number two. That's number two. Let's say I can't get a deal done with the Niners. I'm not going Darnold. You're sitting there at number five. I would get a running back. Go and get one. The look at the Cowboys got theirs. The Jaguars got theirs. Ezekiel Elliott is a man possessed out there. We just talked about the Cowboys surviving without him. Leonard Fournette is doing amazingly overall with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That would be the second one. Because the thing with the defense that you mentioned is I'm not putting blame on the defense. I put blame on how often they're out there. The win against the Chargers. Broncos own the time of possession. You look at the Cowboy win. Broncos owned the time of possession. You look at the Raider win. Denver owned the time of possession. The Patriot win, just barely by like 20 seconds. However, you give Tom Brady that, like Tom Brady doesn't need a ton of time to burn you, so that might be an exception. But if it's even or less, you're not going to win that. When the Giants beat you, nearly even in time of possession. When the Chargers beat you, yet again, very close to being even. You won it by like a minute. You look at the Chiefs, very close. You only won it by a minute. You look at the Eagles, you only won it by 30 seconds. So if you want the formula for this team, win the time of possession on offense, put points up on the board. If your defense is rested, because if you win the time of possession, your defense is resting on the bench, if you throw out that well-rested defense, you'll be fine. But if you don't win that time of possession and that defense is constantly being throw out, thrown out there tired, you're not going to win. And that's why I would I would go Darnold, number one, but if I can't work out a deal, I just the price ain't there, I agree with you. I would go running back and get like Nick Chubb comes to my mind, but I don't know if Nick Chubb is that top five draft pick worthy. This point in like this point in the year, so early with the running backs that we have so far. Yeah, I, I just I just think that the the running game again, like I mentioned already, and I won't won't harp on it again, mm-hmm. but I just think that the running game is going to be so much more important, and it's I think it's so much more important right now for this team more so than the quarterback position. I don't think Trevor Simeon. I want to say. Eh, he did. He has. He's hurt the team and because of the amount of interceptions he was throwing at the mm-hmm. rate that he was throwing them. 
but I don't want to say that he's you know he's the lone reason. I I really want to put it on on the on a running game that's been very lackluster in the last couple of weeks. But I also kind of want to put it on this defense that has forgotten the type that has forgotten the type of defense that the Denver Broncos play. You mm-hmm. look early on in the season, the first four games. Of those first four games, they had Ezekiel Elliott. They held him way under where he usually is. I mean, I, they held him to what less than ten yards. I think the leading mm-hmm. rusher in that game for the Cowboys was Dak Prescott with three carries for twenty-four yards in the Raiders game. Marshawn Lynch. And that was a win with the Raiders. Marshawn Lynch, nine carries, 12 yards for the Raiders. And in that first game uh, with the Chargers, uh, Melvin Gordon had 18 carries for 54 yards. But then you look at that Giants game, Orleans Darqua, Orleans Darqua Mm -hmm. goes nuts. That's just not the Denver defense that we were seeing, Mm -hmm. you know, in those first four games. But then you go against the, the Giants and poof. Ever since that happened, then you go in the, into this uh, now five-game losing streak and just a huge skit from 3-1 and one to 3-6. and six. That, to me, is not a quarterback problem. Mm-hmm. It's a defense problem. Here's another thing. I'm and gonna... I know, and I, I, sorry to cut you off, but the reason mm-hmm. why I wanted to do it was because you did say that they've been on the field for too long. And they can be worn down. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. could certainly be worn down. Well, when but it you, happens game after game after game, too. But when you look at these last three, I'm, I'm telling you, it's just 29-19, mm-hmm. 51-23, 41-16. They're giving up points like it's Christmas. And it's close to it. But they are giving up so many points. Denver defenses, they don't do that. You know what it could also come down to? Could have come down to coaching a little bit. I'm not saying that, like, Vance Joseph is fire his ass or anything, but first-year head coach, this is honestly his first year being a head coach after being a coordinator. Could it be a little bit of coaching, too? Coming out, having a good team, feeling a hot streak, three wins, and then this losing streak. I want to ask you this question, though. Let's ditch the quarterback conversation just for a hot second to end with this. Two-part question. First off, which running back would you rather have if you're the Denver Broncos? Saquon Barkley or Nick Chubb? I want Saquon Barkley. He can he's he's one of those guys who in college, again, mm-hmm. college, you know, things can be completely different in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But Saquon Barkley, he's a guy who can just do it all. You can you you can you could put him at receiver. He's a good receiving back. He could be the punt returner, he could be the kick returner. He can do everything out there on the field. I would take Saquon Barkley. Second question. Glad you said Saquon because it leads right into my second question. Right now with the top five like it is right now, Browns, Niners, Giants, Colts, and Broncos. Colts could use, or not Colts, the Browns could use a running back. However, I know you like Crowell. I'm not a huge fan of Crowell. I'd rather have Saquon Barkley if I'm the Browns, but I don't see them taking a running back. Don't see the Niners taking a running back because they've got Carlos Hyde. However, sitting there at number three, let's say you're the Broncos, you're sitting there thinking, fuck, well, who are they going to take? Are the Giants going to take Darnold? Or are they going to go with Saquon? Let's say you're really heart-bent on Saquon and you think that the Giants are going to go Saquon and keep Eli Manning. Would you trade up to two to try to solidify a running back and not a quarterback. It would certainly depend on how much I would have to give up. It would certainly depend on how much I have to give up. Because I'm not fully 
Um, I know I'm sparking it on you, but I, what would be a good price if you're moving up from five to two and you have to give up the five to get the two? What else would you include just for that number two? I know I'm sparking you on this. I'm catching you unprepared with this one. Uh, you do that all the time. <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, that's a, that's a really tough question because I, I guess I'm trying to look at what, what did the Bears give up when they moved up to I'm get just, the I'm pulling it up now because they gave I think they gave up what a two, a second a second rounder or did they give up a, did they give up a first rounder second rounder I thought it was I don't know please pull mm-hmm. pull I'm that pulling up, it up because I I want to see they what gave the, up the third now this was the third for the second but they gave up the third overall pick a third and a fourth and then a third next year. So a third, a fourth, and a future third just to move up from one to three. Now, I looked at that deal, though, and I thought Ryan Pace got screwed. So I'm just putting that into it. I think Ryan Pace gave up too much in that one. I wouldn't be giving up two two draft picks then. That Oh, my goodness. Um, That was to go from three to two. Mm -hmm. This would go from five to three. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying— I think Ryan Pace screwed when I when they made oh, this yeah. trade. Oh yeah, he gave up. He gave up a lot. I said I mean, he, he gave screwed up, the... up this deal. Like John Lynch, brand new GM, fleeced him. That's what I said after the deal was made. He, he gave up. He did that to me. Is giving up a whole lot. I don't know, Ricky. I, I don't think. I don't think I can give you. <laughs> Brandon's like I don't give up that much. I'll, no, just I'll, be, to move I'll, up I'll be honest to... with you. Well, but I'm trying to think that yeah. too. So the the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. They trade away Jimmy Garoppolo. They get a second. They get a second rounder. That's from the 49ers, so that's going to be a nice pick. Um, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it is a second rounder. Maybe it's a second rounder next year. So the I, fifth I, overall and a second next year. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not do I'm not doing no. Mm-hmm. Here, let me give you my second next year, my third this year. My do you want my seventh this year too? You know, how about a third next year too? You know, I know that's way too much. Mm-hmm. Uh in my opinion, but sometimes guys will ask for a lot to see if they can get it. They'll go high and then they'll start to come down a little bit. But maybe a second. But honestly, I I can't I can't think of. A, uh, well, like I, I would, said, I sprung I, I know, sprung it on fuck you. Fuck you, you asshole. I sprung um, it on you. But uh, I would really <laughs> need to sit down and, and think about that. And you have to think about the mm-hmm. player that you'd be trying to go for. How important do you yep. think that would be? Because then it's it's all perception. Then mm-hmm. do you perceive that player as being a a you know if it's a quarterback you know your franchise quarterback that you see do you see Saquon Barkley being the next big thing big thing you know the Zeke Adri- I would say Adrian Peterson yep. you know down the line that yeah. you see him turning or into that type even of guy like the early success we're seeing right now from like Zeke and Fournette sure sure I I think that all it, it, you know it depends on all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so I can't sit here and say oh this is absolutely what I would do but if you said a second rounder I don't think that would necessarily next year I don't think that would necessarily be uh, given up a, a ton, but it, it again all comes down to the player, how you perceive them, mm-hmm. and what you think that other team's going for. Well, and this is where I want to turn on to you guys. Let us know what you guys think down below. Number one, should the Broncos grab a quarterback in the first round? And then two, if not quarterback, who should they go ahead and grab? What kind of a position would you like to see? Let us know down below what you guys think in the comment section. But Brandon, let's end the podcast like we always do here on the Outside Kick. Make it our picks for the week. Let's get right into it. Number one, the Thursday night game, six and three Titans, the seven and two Steelers. Steelers, a touchdown favorite. Who do you got? 
you know, after the Steelers, the way they played this past week, I don't think they should have won that football game. The Titans did a really good job mm-hmm. of coming back in that game and, and securing the victory. You Steve, mean the, the Colts? Or you're talking about the Titans in their game last week? Did I... You the, said the Titans. I'm just making. I'm just trying to make sure. Yeah, and then the Titans did a really okay. good job of, okay. of of coming back in their game against the Bengals. Just trying to get everything pieced in here. Absolutely. I I am going to go with the Steelers though here at home. It's going to be a close game, but I think mm-hmm. that Ben Roethlisberger, as we've said time and time again, he plays better at home than mm-hmm. he does on the road. I think the Steelers' defense will turn over uh, Mariota a couple times in this one. Steelers get the win. Upset special going with the Titans. And I know my NFL faithful are like, whoa, what's the upset special? Something we do on the primetime podcast when me and Brandon are together. Going with the Titans to upset the Steelers, who are seven-point favorites in the game. Then we move on to the November 19th, the Sunday games. And this might be a little different because I'm logged into my personal ESPN account. So, Brandon, I'm sorry that this game is first. It's a noon game. Rams, Vikings. Who wins this one? The Rams or the Vikings? Minnesota, a dose point favorite. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Rams. You're breaking my heart, B. I'm gonna go with the Rams in this one. Uh, Both both teams. Both teams are so similar. They're similar. (laughs) You're breaking my heart. (laughs) They're so similar in the fact of they've showed they can put up points. Mm They've both got pretty good defenses, pretty strong defenses. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with the Rams because I think they have I think they have more offensive weapons because it's close in terms of what they've been able to do in the time that they've uh been there in, in terms of the Minnesota running backs. Defense is catching up to that offense too. But but I'm I'm saying I'm gonna go with the Rams. They've got Gurley there. And then how about guys like Robert Woods? Mm-hmm. How about guys like Cooper Cup? Guys like that. And then you've got Sammy Watkins. You've got a really great defense. I'm gonna go with the Rams, but it's a close game. I could see a field goal or touchdown game that the Rams win in a tight one. I am hoping that the Vikings win. I'm going to pick the Vikings. This game scares me, though, B. It scares me just because that Ram offense, this defense is for real. I think this might be the game that, although I'm picking the Vikings, wouldn't be surprised this is the one we lose, and then people are saying, get Chase out of there, start Teddy Bridgewater on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Case. Did I say Chase? Yeah. Case Keenum. They're going to say, get him out of there, start Teddy Bridgewater on Thanksgiving next week. Then we move on. The Bears game, Lions coming to Soldier Field. Lions are a field goal favorite on the road. Who you got, Bears or Lions? Well, the Lions, they did not look good in the first half last week. They looked absolutely horrible against the Cleveland Browns. They wanted to be the only team to be 0-16, but then Matthew Stafford was like, well, wait, Ricky starting me in fantasy? I can't let my bro down. He put up 20 points. The Lions are going to win this game against the Bears. The Lions have a great offense. They've got a good special teams. They've got a great kicker in Matt Prater. And you have most of them in fantasy. I have the, I think almost the entire Lions team mm-hmm. in fantasy. Um, and then, <laughs> but really, here this, this defense, mm-hmm. this Lions defense, a defense that you you've talked about it. Darius before, Slay. That they, slay. They, they they used to have people slaying them. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> wide receivers. We used to call them Swiss cheese. Wide receivers would be getting 
buckets, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, basketball. Obviously. Is their name but, Jimmy? Jimmy but, Buckets? Yeah, but, but the Lions defense is so much improved. Mm-hmm. They're going to get this win against the Bears. I almost wanted to do an upset special, but then I remembered how bad the offense was for the Bears last week. So I said, no, the Lions are going to win this one easily by way more than a field goal. I'll take that three line any day for the Lions right now because they're going to win more than that. Next one, this one could be an interesting one only because of how well they played last week. We got the 6-3 and three Jaguars going on the road to Cleveland to play the winless Browns. Jaguars, a touchdown and a half. So... 7.5 point favorite in Cleveland. I'm going Jacksonville. How about you? Well, they're going to win by more than 7.5 points. I'll tell you that much. You don't think the Browns this, carry over what they did in Detroit? This this Jaguar defense mm-hmm. is so good. It's going to be a really, really tough day for Deshaun Kaiser and that Browns offense. I, I, don't, I don't know if they'll get 200 yards of total offense. And then moving on, we got the Ravens going into Lambeau Field. To play the Packers, the Ravens though they are four and five to the Packers five and four, but Baltimore is a two and a half point favorite. Who are you going with, Harbaugh or McCarthy? I'm going Harbaugh. There is okay. no Aaron Rodgers in this game. Hunley may have won this past game against the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Bears did not play that good of a game. Ravens are going to get this win. I just I don't think that the Packers, especially now that Aaron Jones is out, running games kind of up in the air, questionable. Mm-hmm. Ty Montgomery was banged up in the game. And the Ravens have shown they've got a pretty good defense still. They're going to put pressure on Hundley. He hasn't been able to get it to his wide receivers the way he'd like to. The Ravens get the win. I was almost going to hit the button. You talked me out of it. And mainly because I'm like, you know, Hundley looked good in the last game. Oh, wait, he played the Bears. That's basically what it got down to. Now I'm going to go with the Ravens. This one could be a close one, though, because we're getting two teams that are right around 500 on the year. Could be a good one in the early afternoon slate. Then we got, the to me, the most interesting game. Should have been the Week 1 matchup. However, because of the Miami Hurricane that whipped on through, the Florida Hurricane, I should say, we had the Buccaneers and the Dolphins with the bye week one. They are remaking this game up. Dolphins, I believe, are currently losing right now. They're not just losing. They're getting blown out. Monday night football, so they're probably going to be four and five. Buccaneers are three and six. Miami, at the moment, is a three-point favorite. That could change. Who are you taking, Bucks or Dolphins? I'm going Buccaneers. Wow. Buccaneers aren't a good they team. They get Mevins back. Yeah. Buccaneers are not a good team. Mm-hmm. Dolphins are not a good team. The Buccaneers win the matchup of not very good teams. They, Like you said, they get Evans back. I think they're a little bit more solid mm-hmm. off- offensively. You look at the Dolphins. They've been, and, and you look at what they're doing currently right now as we are re- recording this, losing 45-14 to Panthers. to the Panthers on the road in Carolina. But, again, it's that offense. You're mm-hmm. not getting anything going. You can't get anything to just click and a rhythm to go. The Buccaneers have shown that they can at least get some rhythm at some points. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Tampa Bay. You know what? I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one. I think that they're going to... I don't like the Buccaneers and I'm... Did they say for sure if Jameis Winston's going to play this game or is it still going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, I haven't heard anything. Because if it's still Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'll take Jake. I think Jameis is still... I think his stomach's kind of sick from mm-hmm. eating that W then having to throw it right back up. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one to get revenge over the loss that they're going to take this week. Then to me, another interesting game. The Redskins and the Saints. Only because 
Redskins were down big to the Vikings, came back, only lost by eight, I believe. Yeah, 38-30. to 30. And then you got the Saints, who last game, six rushing touchdowns, didn't punt a single time. Their punter actually changed his Twitter profile to say he was inactive because he never has to punt again with this team if everything goes how it is. Saints are seven-and-a-half-point favorites I'm going with New Orleans. How about you? I'm going New Orleans as well. They've just been rolling. Let's make mm-hmm. it, what is it? What would it be now? Seven or eight wins in a row? I'm going to look it up. I mean, they've been they've been so impressive. I th- Seven wins. They started out 0-2 to the Vikings and Patriots. And so they won this, seven straight. This would be their eighth win in a row. Mm-hmm. This Saints defense. This Saints mm-hmm. defense. And, and the offense has, has been great. The running game has been tremendous, and it's been better since they mm-hmm. got rid of Adrian Peterson. And now they can get back to what they and were doing actually well let beforehand. Alvin Kamara like have a stake in this run game. Well, but him and Mark Ingram because <laughs> Mark know, Ingram wasn't getting like, anything before that. But like either. you draft Alvin Kamara, who everyone was like, "Ooh, like going into the draft, they're like he could be the sneaky pick. Like who's going to get him?" He's and been outstanding. He's been outstanding. Not only in the ground game, but in the passing game as mm-hmm. well. Saints defense has been tremendous, tremendous. The one thing they'll get the win over the Redskins. One thing I will say about this defense: I will be confident with them in the regular season, but because they're so young, have a lot of rookies on that defense. I think once we hit the playoffs, things will change. And yeah. cha- things will change in the playoffs. They could, but right now, I, like they're I right said, now. Regular, regular season, things are different. The next game should be a blowout. I don't know how it's only a 10.5-point favorite for the Chiefs, but we got the 6-3 and three Chiefs, the 1-8 and eight Giants, going with KC all day, every day. How about yourself? Oh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They should have a big win in this one. And then we move on. The Cardinals, the Texans in Houston. Arizona, a point and a half favorite. Who are you going with? The Cardinals or the Deshaun Watsonless Texans? I'm going upset. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans oh. in this one at home. The Cardinals are nothing special. Let's be mm-hmm. honest about it. They're not that good. The Texans also, let's be honest about it, not that good. They without don't have Desha- Will Fuller w- Without Deshaun Watson. Fuller, mm-hmm. out? I think he's out. Wow. Well, I didn't hear that. I, I knew that he was out of the game. He got knocked out of the game this past week, but... You have DeAndre Hopkins. You have Lamar Miller. You have, I'm trying to think of any other wide receivers mm-hmm. now they have. Uh, they have. You've got Braxton Miller. You've got guys like that. And Tom Savage show, and has shown at times he can be okay. But the Cardinals, they have no Carson Palmer. They've got Drew Stan, who hasn't been bad. Mm-hmm. But this Texan defense, I think, will get to him, force some turnovers, and I think that's how the Texans are going to win this game at home against the Cardinals. From what I'm seeing, and I've got Battle Red Blog, who's friend of the show, and also NFL.com both have articles that um, NFL.com says Will Fuller might miss one game, and Battle Red Blog on SB Nation says that Will Fuller expected to miss at least one game with his um, cracked rib injury, mm-hmm. so that would be... This one here. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I think it's going to come down to, because of the wide receiver mismatch, I think Larry Fitzgerald's going to be huge for them. I think it becomes who's the bigger. It's Adrian Peterson versus Lamar Miller. Whoever can have the better run game will win. I'm going to give it to AP in this one and the Cardinals. Then we move on. The Bills and the Chargers. Anthony Lynn playing his old team. Chargers are a four-point favorite at the StubHub Center. 
Who you got? Bills or Chargers? I was, saying, I was waiting for who you, who you got. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm going to go with the upset yet again. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills after being embarrassed okay. against the Saints. They're going to come into L.A. Excuse me, not L.A., Carson's. but they're going to come into Carson, Car- Carson California. I'm, <laughs> I wanted to say L.A. because it's the Los Angeles Chargers, mm-hmm. but I think that they're going to win this game. Right now, Phillip Rivers going through the concussion protocol, mm-hmm. and if he's not able to go... Bills definitely win. If he is able to go, Bills still win because what does Philip Philip Rivers? I think he's a very good quarterback, but mm-hmm. what does he like to do? Get sacked, throw interceptions. Oh, okay. So I think in the Bills, the type it was of, either get sacked or throw the, ints. Yeah, come on. It was one or the other. You got to be with mm-hmm. me on these on you know on the same wavelength, buddy. You caught me off guard, B. Yeah, good because you always do that to me too. <laughs> now you see how it is. Um, but I'm gonna go with the Bills. Their defense, mm-hmm. I think, bounces back in this one. Tyrod Taylor, he cannot have the same type of game he had this past week. It was really, really bad. But I also think LaShawn McCoy gets going in this when Bills win. We also then have two more mid-afternoon games. We've got Bengals and Broncos, both 3-6 and six teams in Denver. Broncos, 2.5-point favorites. Who you got? I'm going Broncos in this one. They're at home mm-hmm. against the Bengals. I don't see the Bengals being all that great of a, a team. They're 1-4 on the road. Broncos finally get back on track. They stop the bleeding, and they get the win. I'm going to go with the Broncos, too. I think this will be a field goal game. It could go either way. I almost picked the Bengals, but I'm going to go with the Broncos as well. And then the game that we were all, this was going to be my lone loss. Remember when we made preseason predictions? And I said this would be the lone loss for the Raiders. Patriots, Raiders in Mexico City. Patriots, six-and-a-half-point favorites going with the Pats. I have to go with the Patriots. The Patriots, ever since the start of the season where they did not look good and everyone's mm-hmm. going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we should get rid of, change everything. Bunch of idiots. The Patriots are fine. They'll get the win. I'm going to ask you a follow-up question with this game. You ready? 52 is the over-under. You're taking the over or the under with 52 po- total points? Over. You're going to think, you're going to say it goes over? Over. Then we got the Sunday night game, the Eagles at 8-1, and one, the Cowboys without Zeke at 5-4. and four. Eagles only a 3.5-point favorite. I'm going with the Eagles to get the win easily against the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I think that the way that the Cowboys looked la- last week, and if they don't change anything to try and get more of a running game going. If Jason going, Garrett doesn't make any f- adjustments in a game, come well, on. Well, exactly, but also look at the way that the Eagles have played so mm-hmm. far this season. They have been absolutely tremendous. They are 3-1 and one on the road away mm-hmm. from Philadelphia, 8-1 and one overall. This is a team that offensively, they're flying high. Defensively, they're solid. The Cowboys, they're not there right now. I think the Eagles come in and get a big win. And then the last game, Monday, November 20th, the Falcons and the Seahawks in Seattle, Washington. The Hawks are three-point favorites. Who you got? Matty Ice, Russell Wilson. And it's the last one. It's the last uh, upset I'm taking. The reason I'm taking that? Richard Sherman. Seahawks defense is beat up. Yeah, Richard Sherman They are beat up. And, you know, that's a shame. Again, another big name in the NFL that goes Mm -hmm. down lost for the season to injury. I think the Falcons, especially the way that they played this past week against Dallas, the Falcons come into Seattle and they get a big win, a much-needed win to stay alive in the NFC South. If this was in Atlanta or Hotlanta, I'd give the Falcons the win. But just because it's at home, I'm giving it to the Seahawks. They're going to go to 7-3 and three 
after the win, which could be interesting because if the Vikings beat the Rams, that means that the Seahawks and the Rams will be tied once again at the top of the NFC West. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below for each of these games. Also, if you stuck around for the full podcast, let us know what you think about any of the topics we talked about today. A little bit of house cleaning here at the end. Patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast link in the description to help support the channel. If you like what we're doing here, want to see more of it and be a part of it, check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. And then also go on to iTunes, give us that five-star rating that we're asking so nicely for each and every week. It would really help us out. want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube or listening on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. Said those out of order. I don't care. It's been a long night. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.